0: Boy, I love that song. I love that song. Um, thank God that He's our Father and He cares about us. Um, well, good morning, everyone. Uh, just really, just really glad to see you guys here today. Just, just really glad uh, that you decided to spend some time with us. It's just fun to get together. I really enjoyed the uh, the movie night last week. That was really, really fun. It was just, it felt like just a family barbecue. And uh, honestly, probably the highlight of my summer. Um, anyway, my my name is Jeep Underwood, and today we're going to be starting a new series that we're calling Can You Hear Me Now? Now, if you had a cell phone back in the late 90s or the early 2000s, this is a phrase you probably said many times. Huh? Uh, because those coverage, the thing about when cell phones were like getting really cranking is the coverage was a problem. Like, you you know, you just, you'd be walk across, you just take three steps and you're like, oh, I lost coverage. And I don't know how many times you say, can you hear me now? Are you there? You know? And so uh, one of the companies at the time was trying to show uh, just how good their coverage was. So they tagged onto that phrase. Uh, so Verizon uh, Wireless had a whole range of commercials. I wanted to show you one of those commercials right now. Go ahead and let's watch this commercial. Voluntarily watching commercials. I don't know. I don't know what I think of that. But uh, it's just really, uh, you know, it's like no matter where you go, you can get connected. And, you know, you see the guy, he's all over the place. He's in different regions of the country. You go, know, can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? Good. Over and over again. Now, you know, drop calls are still, they're a problem now. You guys, I'm sure we've all had that issue where we had drop calls. But back then, it was a lot more common. And I want I imagine you guys have really had this happen to you. When you... Uh, you're talking to someone and they say, oh man, I gotta tell you this. <laughs> and you're, you're like, where, where are they? And so you, you're like trying to call them back and it goes out of service. You're like, just, and you just keep trying and trying. And when once a while they go, but and then they're gone and you, and you're like, what did they have to tell me? What if it was life changing? What if, what if, you know, what if it was like a free ticket to a game? I don't know. I just, just gotta get, then, and then I always say if you've been on the other side, where you have, uh, you've just finished saying something that you thought was really important to somebody and, and really complicated, like, you're actually kind of impressed on how it came out. Like, wow, I wish I'd have recorded that because that was the best way I've ever said that. And then you go, so does that make sense to you? Um, hello? <laughs> hello, are you there? And you go, like, oh no, and then right then the phone rings. And they, they're there and they go, I've been trying to get a hold of you. I lost you and I didn't know what you, so I, I'm sorry. I missed what you said. And, and you say, uh, well, where did I lose you? And they go, well, you said, I wanted to tell you this. <laughs> okay. Okay. So in their minds, they haven't heard a thing in your mind. You're going, I don't think I can do that again the same way. And so then you're trying to, you know, how to, how to really figure out how to tell them. And there's just that sense of that lost connection that's just really frustrating when it happens. And I I really think that with God, sometimes when He's speaking to us, I think He feels that way as well. Like He has these things that He wants to share with us, some things that would be really helpful to us. And I think a lot of times He's saying, can you hear me now? And can you hear me now? Like He sees things in your life, He sees things He could be really helpful with, That He some perspectives, things that could really help you. And He's saying, can you hear me now? And how often in our lives... Does God say good? You know, Jeep. Hey, can you hear me now, Jeep? Oh, well, good. And we make that connection. And there's some. How many times in our lives when, when there's just a drop call, and he's he's saying, Did you did you catch that? And so for me in my life, this is something that I'm always working through. Is like how can I put myself in a place where I can hear God more effectively and and more more over time. And uh, so, you know, Jesus actually, when he was going around and he was here, he had a phrase that was very similar to that, to the, can you hear me now? He used to say things like, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I really think that was one of Jesus' way of saying, can you hear me now? I'm trying to communicate. Now, as we're just in our lives, there's just a lot of voices in our lives. A lot of voices in our lives. Um, we have... Uh, besides God's voice we have like just the media and the culture around us they tell us all the things they think are right and wrong how we should do things and we we have other people's voices in our lives that are telling us things and we have the enemy in our lives he's telling you know that you know that's just too hard or you're never going to amount to anything there's just things that the enemy would want of his voices in there then our own minds we have our own thoughts like how we think things work and how we think things ought to work and as one thing that you learn uh, throughout your life is it's very important what voice you listen to. It's very important what voice you listen to because the voice you listen to determines what you do, and it determines how things turn out. It determines what you do, and it determines how things turn out. Now, I you know, I've uh, I, I mentioned uh, many times how I, I grew up in a blue-collar construction family. It was a family business, uncles and uh, dads and cousins, and uh, just we all worked together in a, in a big family. But one thing that I wanted to share with you guys this morning is that i 'm the first one in our extended underwood family that got a four year degree in college now it 's not because i 'm the sharpest pencil in the box um, It just happened to be the first one first one to get the degree but you know when i was when I was in high school, I really wasn 't even on the radar; I was just figuring I 'd be a contractor like everyone else. And one of my, my vice principal pulled me aside. It was one of those few times he pulled me aside where I didn't get in trouble. So um, usually he pulled me aside and said, Jeep, you're an outstanding student. You're always outstanding in the hall. So I was always getting in trouble. Um, so anyway, so I he comes up. He, he says, hey, Jeep, can I talk to you? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't remember what I did wrong. But uh, So I went and I talked to him. And he said, you know, have you considered going to college? And I remember just going, uh No. I heard you wouldn't even know, no? And he goes, well you ought to consider it. He said, you know, I think you do really well in college. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you really got a mind for it. I went, huh, okay. And I just went on. But it just, that voice just stuck in my mind. And then when I got out of high school, I had a little problem. I had something that was called, it's kind of called being like financially embarrassed. You're like I didn't have any money. So, you know, when you want to go to college, you don't have any money. you got to kind of figure that out. And so what I did is I had to work myself through college. And so it only took me seven years to get my four-year degree. Um, and the reason for that is I decided early on that what I would do is I would drop out and I'd work. And I'd work for like a semester and a summer. And then I, I would be able to pay for one year of living expenses in school and then I would go to work for a summer uh, with my dad, and then I would make enough money to go one more semester and then that was kind of the end of that and then I'd then I'd have to drop out for a semester while I worked and then went through the summer so I did that three times now every time you do that um i had there were folks in my life that uh there were there every time I did that there were several people that as they said, hey hey are you uh how's it going with school Well you know actually I've dropped out right now because I'm making some money I'm going to go back and they go you'll never go back. Well, thank you for the encouragement. maybe, maybe I'll go home and write that in my journal. Um, I'll never do that. Okay, I'll never go back. And that happened, you know, this happened quite a bit. And anyway, there were times and then there's my own my own voices like I would be thinking, you know, I'm making money. You know, maybe I'll just be a carpenter. You know, I'm actually making money and then you know, if I go back to school, um I'm just going to go broke again in about a year. And it's like, that's not fun to go broke. And then, you know what? I don't know if I'm ever going to finish this anyway. It just seems so long. It just seems like it's a long, long road. And so there were many voices along the way. <clears throat> also on the other side, I remember my aunt, my Aunt Kathy. Every time I would see her, she would, whether I was working or going to school, she'd go, you stay in there. Hey, you're doing great. You are going to do Oh my!" She says, you're going to do great in college. You, you're like one of the smartest guys I know. She didn't know very many people, but, uh, <laughs> but she would, she would say things. She, she, uh, just a very kind lady, but that voice, I would hear that voice. And then several times my dad had gave several points of direction, but the one I'm going to share this morning is the, the third time I dropped out, I had two years left and my dad, and I was just, I was making money. I was seriously thinking about, you know, I got money in the bank. Do I really want to go back? And my dad, we're talking and he said, uh, well that um says, How long? How long would it take you to finish? I said, Man, two years. Two more years. And then my dad said, Well, um, well let me ask you another question. Two years from now, if you don't go back, how many years would you have left? What two years. Oh my gosh. And I just had this picture in my mind. I'm gonna have two years left for the rest of my life if I don't go back. And that just it bothered me, but it also just encouraged me to finish. And so, you know, I wound up getting a degree. Uh, and I wound up actually having a great career as an engineer. And those things, you know, the voice we listen to determines what we do, and it determines really how things turn out. And I'm very grateful for those voices in my life that helped me. Now, it's really important that we hear God's voice in the midst of all the other voices in our life. Because he's the one that really knows how things go and, and what really needs to happen. And he really does care. So in uh, Jesus, one thing he said in John 10.10, 10, he said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's one thing Jesus really wants for us is just to have a really full life, a really good life. And then later on, in, in just a little bit later, he said this in John 10.27, he said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. When Jesus is the dominant voice in your life, you follow him. That's what it looks like. And then, you know, whoever you can really, the only way of looking at it is whoever you're following or whatever you're following, it just reveals the dominant voice in your life. So if you want to know, like, what's the dominant voice in my life? What are you following right now? It'll really kind of just bring that to light in your own life. So how do you make God the dominant voice in your life? You know, how do you make sure you're tuned into hearing God so you don't have as many drop calls? Um, that's what I, want, what I want to talk about today. Jesus told a parable that really gives a lot of help uh, for doing just that. Um, let me tell you, just to kind of frame what was happening when Jesus was speaking. He There's this huge crowd around him, and it got so big that he got into a boat. He goes off the shore, and he's kind of talking almost like in an amphitheater type setting. He's, he's sharing things, and he teaches a lot of things. He's teaching them a lot of things. And then I think that he was seeing and perceiving a lot of the responses that people were having around him in the crowd because he is God. And so he was perceiving and he was seeing a lot of uh, dropped calls. I think he was seeing dropped calls for different reasons as he was speaking. And then he ended the time, the teaching time, with a parable. And interestingly, when he started the parable, he said this. He starts with, listen to this. And at the very end of it, he said, can you hear me now? Actually, he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I want to just walk through and just tell that. What he said was this in Mark 4, 3 through 9. Jesus said, listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow, and he was sowing some seed which fell by the road. And the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell by the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And then he said, other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, and they grew up and increased. They yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100-fold. And he was saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, one thing you see in that in that story that Jesus told is that the sower was broadly broadcasting the seed. Like if you've ever gone out like seeding a lawn, you know, you're just, you like throw the seed out. So he was throwing the seed out and it was landing on a lot of different soils. Another thing you see is that it was the same seed that fell on all the soils. The seed had the same potential of growth everywhere it landed. It had the same potential for growth everywhere it landed. And really the the result, it just depended on the soil that it fell on. And the response of that soil is really what determines the kind of soil that really determined the growth. It wasn't the seed itself. And then after he said this, uh, there was the end of the teaching time. He, he walks away, and the disciples, which is kind of like a small group of guys that were with him, and they said, uh, hey, what did you mean by that? And they, they, they asked him, like, what did that mean? And so he kind of explained through that. And I want to walk, we'll walk through that this morning, but the basis of the explanation, he said that the farmer, the sower, really represents God. And the seed just represents what God is saying to us. It's what he wants to tell us. And the soil just shows four different responses, four different heart responses that you can have toward hearing God. And so that's kind of the framework. And then, uh, so what I want to do this morning is like, if we want to hear God more, I want to bring out just four things we can think about, four things that we can think about uh, to hear God better. One is, to hear God, we really need a mind open to hearing from God. We need a mind that's open to hearing from God. Uh, one of the biggest barriers you see in the first soil is just resistance. It's just resistance. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in the Central Valley. That's where I did go to college. And my mom and dad lived up in the Central Valley for a while. And so you go around and you see a lot of farmland. And one thing you see, like where they've planted a bunch of farmland is there's roads that go around it and there's paths that go through it and those paths they get trampled down and they get really packed in by foot traffic by vehicles and it becomes a really hardened surface so that so when he's talking about the seed going in a hard place he's talking about that like the seed just lands and it just lays there and then the birds come along and they pick it up so let's look at what Jesus said in mark 4:15 he said these are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown and when they hear immediately Satan comes and takes away the word Which has been sown in them, so Satan just comes along. The word hits a hardened place, and he he just takes it away. So, what are some of the causes of of us being hardened, of getting hardened? Talk about just a couple. One is just pride. Like it's it's easy, you know, it's easy to have this thought, like, "Hey, I can handle, I can handle this myself. You know, I can figure this out. I don't need God." And uh, it can really, it's really easy to have that mindset. Um, and then you know why? Why pray? You know, because you know I I can I think I can figure this out. Then you take what happens is you take the place of God in your own life. You 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 just put yourself up in charge of everything, and then what that does is it just it shuts your mind down to be able to receive from God because it doesn't really make sense to you. Another thing could just be fear. Another thing that can really harden the soul of your heart is just fear, like maybe afraid of what God might say. Um, what if he asked me to do something i don 't want to do you know what if what if he asked me to do something that 's hard or he asked me to give up something i don 't want to give up and th- so out of fear, your mind just kind of it shuts out God and so you 're not really listening to him and when you 're in that kind of condition, the seed that the word that comes to you just doesn 't take root and nothing really grows. so how do you counteract that? I like to look in uh, james what James had to say in james chapter one twenty one James just said. So get rid of the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Now, those words, humbly accept, is just we need to just humbly open ourselves up to the possibility of God and that he really has something to say and that we really need to hear it. And so that's one thing, is just to open our minds up to that possibility. And then the second thing I want to talk about, like if you, if you really want to grow... In hearing God, then you have to you have to just make time to listen. you have to make time to listen to him. Um, you have to slow down and you have to put it in your schedule. You have to put some time in your schedule for it you know it 's really easy for God just to get shuffled to the sideline of your lives of our lives and then but God wants a lot more than just our spare moments. He really wants to be at the center of who we are and what we 're doing and so what Jesus said about the the second soil. In Mark 4, 16 and 17, he said, um, In a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy, and they have no firm root in themselves, but only temporary. And then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. So one thing you notice is like when the, when, when they first hear, it's so easy to do that. When you first hear, sometimes you hear something, and the thought that comes to your mind is, that's exactly what I need. That's exactly what I need to hear. And then over time, it doesn't, it doesn't stick, it the stick rate kind of goes down and, and what happens is the roots don't go very deep in that truth. They don't go very deep into your heart. And so it, because the seed doesn't get below the surface level of your heart, that there's no, really no change that comes out of that seed that, uh, that you heard, the word that you heard. And we all know, we've all heard the, the uh, studies that have said that that we all forget 90% of what we hear within a week. And uh, that's a very encouraging statement, especially if you're trying to share something with somebody. Uh, especially as a parent, you're going, guys, let me tell you this. Oh, good, they'll forget everything I said within uh, one week. But uh, what I'd like to do is highlight this morning, like what can we do to counteract that? And there's two fundamental things that have been really pivotal for me uh, and I think they're just very they're very foundational things to really to be able to get the roots down deeper into your life. One is just scheduling a daily time with God, put it in your schedule. Schedule a daily time with God. You know, set aside time just to be quiet and to listen from Him. Read the scriptures, pray. You know, talk to Him and relate to Him, and then ask Him if He has something to say to you. That's something that it makes it makes a huge difference. And then in, also. Another thing, just a foundational thing, is just join a weekly small group. Join a weekly small group of people that get together to to really just band together to understand what the Scriptures have to say, what God would want to say to them, and what they should do about it. You know, there's one thing, like I said earlier, one element of this story is that the disciples, the story actually, he shared this with a small group. The, the disciples were a small group, and Jesus was sharing this with them, and they were able to ask questions of him, and they ask questions, and they they talk with each other about things. One thing you see through the Gospels is that the disciples were were talking to each other a lot, trying to figure things out. You'll see that over and over again as you read through the Gospels. And they really were functioning as a small group. There's something about when you get together in a room with with a few people, and you're hearing from each other what they're hearing from God. It resonates with you. You hear things from a different perspective. You hear things that maybe you wouldn't have heard before, maybe you hear things from more than one place and it begins to land. But there's something about being in a circle that really helps us grow. You really we really do grow in circles. And so and there's really something very just powerful about a group of people coming together that to, to honestly want to understand what God is saying and what he wants done. Very, 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 very powerful thing. So I'd really encourage you and uh, the first part of September, we're going to be launching our groups for the year. I really encourage you just to buy up the opportunities to get involved with a small group and uh, get connected so that, so that all of us can just have deeper roots with God. And then the next thing I want to bring out that if you want to hear God more, you want to hear God better is we really have to get rid of distractions. We have to get rid of distractions. Um, the big barrier in the third soil is just busyness, busyness of mind and life <clears throat> You know, uh, you really can't hear God when your mind is just crowded with other thoughts. You really can't hear God when your mind's really crowded with other thoughts. Uh, let's look at Mark 4, 18 and see what Jesus said about this soil. He said, And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. The seed, you know, the, the in this in this soil, the seed actually does sprout. It actually does in. It sprouts. It starts to grow, but it gets it gets choked out. the uh, the The word choke just means crowded out. And in uh, those weeds, are, the thorns is really kind of like a weed with thorns on it. So these weeds just grow up. They grow up real easy. And he goes through like common weeds that can really crowd out God in our lives. One is just worry. You know, so we can get we can get so. Busy with the pressures and the worries of life, of just daily living, that we forget God, that we forget to really just connect with Him. Uh, the word worry means pulled in different directions. So you kind of get stretched, and uh, you get pulled away, really from the things that really would help. And so, you know, when your mind is really filled with anxiety and worry, it's really hard to think about what God has to say to you. And then another thing He brings up is just riches. You know, when we get, you see, when you get so busy making a living. You can get so busy making a living that you don't have any time for God, and so it's just a, that's a weed that we really have to look out for as we go forward. And then the desires for other things—you know, it's uh, it might just be your ambitions, your dreams, your plans. Um, it could just be busy pursuing fun. If we're so busy pursuing fun that we, it just it just crowds out opportunity and time, really, to meet with God and connect with Him, and really listen to what He has to say. And so, you know, a weed. A weed or a thorn is anything that takes the first place instead of God. So you know, just to think through our lives, like, what is it that's in our lives that's crowding out our time with Him? Now, you know, we have a, you know, if you ever think, how much work does it take to grow weeds? I don't know if you guys ever, I don't know why, I think of things like this sometimes, but it actually takes none. It takes no work to grow weeds. You just have to kind of just do nothing. In fact, there's a house down the street from where we live that they have practiced that. And uh, I look down, the, I go down, I drive down there every day, and I'm like, my gosh, there used to be a car there. Oh, the car's still there. <laughs> no, it's not quite that bad, but the, the weeds are like four or five feet tall, and it's just taken over the whole place, and their house is really, just really run down. In fact, I keep my eye on that house. If it ever goes for sale, I'm thinking, that'd be a good house to build and work up. Maybe you get a good deal on a house like that. But it just looks like it's completely neglected. There's something, you know, Really, when you see a lot of weeds, it's just a sign of neglect. And so, you know, if we if we neglect a daily time with God and we neglect just time in small groups, weeds just start growing. They grow a lot easier. And so that's one. So that's something that really helps cut down on the weed growth is when we daily connect with God and we connect with a group of people who want to do the same. So that's just very huge in breaking up that soil so we can really be fruitful. Uh, The third soil is just really just a preoccupied mind. So the fourth thing I want to bring out, to hear God, we really have to be willing to do what he says. We have to be willing to do what he says. Um, You know, that's the kind of person that God speaks to. He's the the kind of person who says, whatever you say, God, my answer is yes. It's just like a blank check. You You fill in the blank, and I say yes. You know, it's like, God, I know you love me. I know you care. I know you know me. I know you're smarter than me and I, and I trust you and I'm going to do what you have to say. It's having that mindset when you approach God that really helps you hear what it is he has to say. You really don't hear much from God if you go to him and you say, you know, tell me what you want me to do and then I'll decide if it's a good idea. Or, you know, God, tell me what you want me to do and I'll, I'll, I'll think through my other options. And I'll just decide which one's the best option. But really, it's when you come to God and say, "God, You're God, and what You say, I'm going to do." Then God really, it, uh, God really takes notice of that, and He begins to speak into your life. Uh, let's look at in Mark four twenty. Jesus talks about this soil, and He says, "And those are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirty, 60. And a hundredfold. The good soil, what he says is it it accepts the Word of God. It's taking it as the Word of God and really giving it the weight and authority in your life that it really commands that makes a huge difference. And when you do that, what he says is that it bears fruit. It bears fruit in your own life. It also bears fruit in the impact that you have in the lives of other people around you. So really, the, the person who's the good soil is the person that's moved past... All the barriers in the other soils and they have a willing open mind to really hear what it is God has to share with them. And, uh, what it is that you could boil this down to, you come to a point of surrender. You come to a point where you realize that you don't know everything you need to know. You don't have it all figured out and you really need Him. In fact, I'd like to, I'd like us to watch a clip from a movie and it's a movie that I really didn't think I was going to like when I, when it came out. It's called Bruce Almighty. You know, it's, it's a story of a, of a, of a guy that God decides to make this guy God and he has all the powers of God. And I'm like, what in the world? And it's Jim Carrey. I'm like, well, that could go south real fast and it does. But, uh, but there's something about this movie. I think, I think that there was some, there must have been someone that was part of the screenwriting that was a believer because there's some elements in this. In this movie, that are that are really good, and so what I wa- what I wanted to do is, we're going to look at this clip in just a minute. But with the guy gave a little bit of a setup. Bruce is a kind of guy who he really he's doing it all himself. He it's all about him. He's going to do whatever he thinks he needs to do, and he doesn't care about anyone else in his path. He's going to have what he wants, and it's really his way. And uh, he really he takes on kind of the, the he takes on the role of God in his own life. And that's what God calls him on, is like, well, you want to see what it's like to be God? Then you can try to be God. And so in this clip, it's t- towards the very end, <clears throat> his family is shattered. His, he's losing his wife uh, because of the way he's lived. He's had, his results are really bad. And in this clip, he's there's this email system where he hears prayers, and he's supposed to answer these prayers, and he looks at his his wife's prayers, And he begins to see what she's been praying for him over the years. And it comes to the point where it really breaks him. Let's just watch this clip and then I'll come, I'll come back. Dear God, please help Bruce. Thank you so much. Dear God, give Bruce strength. Dear God, bless Bruce. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. It's her. Sandy, it's her. She's all in her life. She's great right now. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh he shows that he just came to the very end of himself. And when he says, I surrender, one thing he says, there's a phrase he says in there, he says, I don't want to be God anymore. And I think that phrase is a real picture of what it looks like to really to surrender to God. Is you may not say it in those words, but basically it's God, I don't want to be God anymore. I want you to be God. And when you're God, it's going to make a huge difference in my life. I know you've got it figured out. I know you know how things work. And when you begin, when you come to that point, you go past all the barriers and you begin to hear what God has to say and it makes a huge difference in your life. And you begin to grow. And the people around you begin to be impacted. Uh, Paul, Paul talks about this in first Timothy, first, uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.13. He says, he's talking to the Thessalonians. He says, for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. Um, when you take in... When you really accept it as God's word and you surrender to Him, it makes a huge difference in your life, and it performs a work in you as you put it into practice. And your life never is the same. Um, knowing that it really spurs you on to listen more and to work to get past those barriers that come up in all of our lives. In this series, so in this series, we're going to be looking over the next few weeks. We're we'll be looking at some of the weeds that crop up to cr- really crowd got out. We're we'll be looking more at that. Over the next few weeks, so that we can really become more and more good soil, so we can hear God more and more in our lives. Now, I'd like to go just, just a few next steps. As you, as you, as all of us walk out of this room today, maybe for us, maybe for some of us, there's just a need just to humbly open ourselves to the possibility that God would speak to you. Just to humbly open yourself up to that possibility, and to know that you need help. Maybe for some of us, just that we need to take time to listen. You know, Maybe that's a recommitment to a daily quiet time. Maybe it's a recommitment to be a part of a small group of people. Maybe it's something else that God has really put on your mind. But just need to take time to listen. And maybe for some of us, we just need to get rid of the distractions. Maybe there's a distraction that's been really taken first place to really get that distraction out of the way, to work on moving that distraction. And then maybe just make a decision that we're going to do what God says. No matter what, and approach God like that. So, with with that, I'd like to I'd like to ask the band to go ahead and come on back. Um, if you haven't finished filling out your connection card, now's a great time to do it. You can go ahead and finish that, filling out, put it in the offering basket when it comes by. And I'd like to just pray for us uh, as we move on with the service. Father God, I just pray. I pray for each one of us that as we hear you and as we uh, surrender to you. I pray that you would speak to us. I pray it would make a difference in our lives. And we begin to see that you really care for us. And God, I just pray that you would really grow us and grow uh, our family here in the church as we move forward. In Jesus' name, amen.